Welcome to the Charlotte Shields Coaching Podcast. I have real answers from real spouses of how to uplevel your marriage, even if you've lost hope. You can be the spouse you want to be, and you'll feel appreciated, cared for, and desired again. Let's create your marriage miracle. It's simple, but not easy. Nothing worth having ever is. Stick around to learn what it takes to create the marriage you've always dreamed of. What a beautiful day it is outside. I totally want to go out and take a walk after I do this. It's beautiful. The sun is shining. Can't wait. So believing what you want to believe in your marriage. Do you want miracles? How do you create miracles in your marriage? I was just watching a documentary by C.S. Lewis last night. Did you know he was an atheist till he was 32 years old? Apparently his mom died when he was nine and then he went to world war II at 19 and his best friend and roommate died. And so he believed for 32 years that God was either cruel or he didn't exist. So he considered himself an atheist. Did you, this is another fun fact. J.R.R. Tolkien who wrote Lord of the Rings was his, one of his very closest friends. And he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. They both wrote books that they wanted, they thought they wish were written in that day and time. So kind of amazing that J.R.R. Tolkien is the one who helped him become a Christian. They stayed up, it said, till 4 a.m. one morning and started to loosen um, C.S. Lewis thoughts on everything. So that just made me think so much about beliefs. And I've been thinking about this all week about how changing long-held beliefs that are deeply ingrained is a difficult and lengthy process. Like C.S. Lewis with J.R.R. Tolkien, just going over and trying to believe something new or open your mind up to new things that could be true also. That's what he was doing when he was up till four in the morning. What has caused me the most problem in my marriage was unbelief which I didn't think of it like that at the time, but it was lack of faith or even fear. So belief is faith in things and fear or unbelief or lack of faith is the opposite, right? So what we learn in ether 12 is 1212 for there is no faith among the children of men. God can't do miracles among them until after they have faith. And then in 18, it says, neither at any time hath any wrought miracles until after their faith, wherefore they first believe in the son of God. So this is the hard part, this changing a long held, deeply ingrained belief that you may have had a lot, found a lot of evidence for with your spouse. So let's say, let's bring it to a real situation. Say your spouse is doing something you feel is wrong, like looking at pornography or spending money you didn't agree to spend or losing his temper or not attending church, or you can just fill in the blank, whatever your issues might be. And I'm not making light of any of these issues. They're real and they're challenging. But what I've noticed coaching is that many people from their thoughts and beliefs are creating more disconnection, defensiveness, confusion, overwhelm, indecision, distrust, anxiety, and stress in their result lines. That is 
the result of the thoughts that they are thinking. Our thoughts always connect to our results in the model. Instead, we try to create different thoughts that will have the result of connection, compassion, confidence, faith, hope, stability, trust. These are all things we want. My question is, if you can't change your husband, because what he is doing is something outside of you, what can you do about this? And if you want to create more or less of anything in your marriage, marriage, you have the power to do that. You can control some things. What is it that you can control? You can control your thoughts. So what do you need to feel more of that is within your power to feel that you're not feeling right now? What do you want to feel less of? If the circumstance doesn't change, it stays the exact same. What lies within your marriage that you can control? I learned to stay in my own boat and that both of us, my husband and I had weaknesses and struggles, and we had also had strengths and awesome things. And I learned that if I just worked on and worried about my relationship with God and my stuff between God and I, and he worried about his stuff between he and God, things went way smoother. And what I also learned is that forcing does not work. And I've learned this more this week, even with spiritual things, like the things I really want spiritually that I'm working towards and I want to get better at. And I, and I hope that they happen. My friend told me, I think you're trying to pull God along and he's behind you and you're dragging him. And I loved that visual because I'm like, I think I actually am. I think I am doing that. And that's why we want to be equally yoked with Christ instead of pulling him and being on his timeline. And I know that, that a lot of my friends and I have been talking about how we keep being told to be still, to calm down, to wait on the Lord, to not pull him along, right? With the things are righteous things, even righteous desires. So this is the same with allowing emotion and all the things that we're learning is that we can't force getting healed through allowing emotion. We can't force these thoughts to stick, right? You may believe or try to believe the statements you're having, but you can revert so easily back to the original mindset. And that's natural. Everyone does this. But as you keep working on it, it will start to work on a conscious level and a subconscious level if you don't give up, okay? Most of my clients will feel one way like they are in fight at some points, they take a more proactive approach where they argue their point and they complain and they say things they wish they hadn't. They try to be helpful, but it comes across as criticism and they stand up for themselves and they'll do this way. And that creates disconnection and negativity in their marriages. And then what might help when you're feeling that way or when you're acting that way is to create a more laid back stance, easygoing, kind, compassionate, forgiving, not forcing again, once again, being still just calming down the other spectrum that we go to is fight or flight or freeze. And that's not standing up for what you want, not expressing your opinions, not sharing desires, not creating boundaries that you uphold um, not being confident in your relationship. And that creates resentment and smoldering anger underneath. 
So it doesn't look as much on the outside, but it also creates disconnection and negativity in your marriage either way. So most all of us would rather be lighthearted, playful, fun, warm, caring, be exuding those emotions. So how do we do that? We start with whatever we feel like we'd like to work on. Let's say we want to be more warm towards our husband, put that in the F line. And then what would you have to be thinking to feel more warm towards him? So that might look like I am going to be who I want to be in this moment, no matter what he says or does. And that you may feel warm. You may feel empowered. You may feel hope and may, maybe you feel more confident the action line could be processing your emotions or not reacting in kind or waiting to converse, maybe walking away. The result usually from that model is not so emotional. You have your own back. You take time to think about it. You react when you choose to react in dignity and respect for both of you. So I can't tell you what will work for you in each unique situation, but the best way to know what will work is whatever's going on for you, find a thought that you believe that you can get to, even if it's maybe, or is possible that, or I'm open to believing that, and then see how you feel when you think it. And if it feels good, it will generate a good action and a better result in your marriage. So it's a good seed, like the scriptures say. Remember the one about the good seed that says, and I say unto you, yea, for every seed bringeth forth unto its own likeness. So your thoughts are creating results, a likeness. Therefore, if a seed groweth, it is good. And if it groweth not, or in the wrong direction, we should say, it's not good. Therefore, cast it away. So these thoughts that you keep having that are creating contention and resentment and hurt, we got to start thinking a different way because most often from the people that I'm coaching, the circumstance doesn't change. And it does finally change usually when their whole thought process has changed and they have become a different person through Christ. So it says experiment and plant the seed. And if it swells and sprouts and begins to grow, you must need to know that this is a good seed. So experiment with your new thoughts. These little bits of positive reinforcement can begin to stick in your subconscious level. So Keep the ones that work. Eventually, these thoughts that are affirming and helpful will start to replace negative thoughts. And I try to repeat these phrases consistently. What I do is I put them once on my voice memo on my phone, and then I listen to them when I'm driving the car. Or you can also repeat them when you feel a particular emotion that you know is not helpful, like stress, anxiety, overwhelm. All of those aren't going to be helpful. Always in the result line, you're going to get a result you don't want from those emotions because think about it, stress and anxiety is fear-based. That comes from the opposite source as faith, belief, hope, that type of thing, right? So my go-to phrases, when I'm in more of the proactive sticking up for myself, it's this isn't about me or trust him in his process. And then my ones, when I feel like I'm getting resentful and maybe I'm not having my own back and I'm feeling those types of emotions, but I'm not saying anything, I need to say, 
thoughts like my needs matter. It's my responsibility to share what I want and need. Another good one is I am creating all of my own emotions. That just gives me accountability. So whichever one works for you, try, try it out. See if you, how you feel about it. If you can't get to it, use those bridge thoughts like maybe, or I'm open to believing that one other thing to really, really remember is that vulnerability is scary and it's hard, but it's being emotionally mature. It's really all the research shows is a way to have more connection with others, which is what we all want, hopefully in our marriage. And this is owning your own stuff, being real, telling your truth, but in a kind way, telling the whole truth clearly, clearly communicated in an open, mature, genuine, loving way is the best way. And usually the whole truth is going to look different than just a partial truth because you're not willing to be vulnerable. The partial truth usually is not as kind. So if you say something like, say it's around anger issues with your husband, if you say to him, I know you're frustrated and I understand why, and I am frustrated too, and I get it. And it scares me and the kids when you're really angry and I know you're working on it, but this is how I feel when you're angry. And I want to know how I can help you. What can I do? I know that together we can work something out that will be better for our family and our kids. Um, and it's, it, that's what the conversation sounds like. It's all the whole truth about everything. You love him. You want to stay with him. You want this to work. That is anger outbursts, angry outbursts are scary to you and for the kids and you're hoping things can change. So really vulnerable, really um, open up to the whole truth. That's the hardest thing to do. And it's the right thing to do. So I was reading in ether 1237 and I actually heard this in women's conference yesterday, Michelle Craig came and spoke to our stake and she said something I never heard before. And she said, you know, we know in 27 that Heavenly Father gives us weaknesses so they can be made into strengths, right? We already know that. And we've heard that scripture so many times, but this one was so interesting because she said, she read in 37, thou hast seen thy weakness and now thou shalt be made strong. And that just reminds me so much of this work. When you see yourself, both as God sees you, both in great ways and in the ways that you can improve, you can be made strong. But so often we want to push everything down, reject it, pretend like it isn't there and kind of put our fingers in our ears and la la la. So it will hopefully go away. But if we're humble, we ask Heavenly Father to help us see our weakness, it will be made strong. That's how we become like Christ. So then we can sit down in a place that he's prepared for us in the mansions of his father. So the best work to do is this work that will help us be motivated to be more like the Savior. And that includes um, th thoughts like, I'm going to love both myself and my husband. This is my work to do. And the actions might be self-care, models, practice loving thoughts, feel charity, pray for charity. 
If not, if we don't have charity, there are scriptures that say we cannot inherit a place with God. No mansions with our father if we have not charity. So what thoughts will help you not say that thing that you say sometimes that you don't want to say? Because so often when we spout something that we wish we hadn't said and we regret, it's because of the thoughts we're thinking And if we can start thinking better thoughts, we don't have to worry about anything coming out that we wish we hadn't said. So be thinking what thoughts are most helpful to you. And it really does depend on the results that you want. Remember, you can't control the circumstance in almost any case, but you can always control the results with your thoughts. So keep your feelings and your actions and your results in alignment with what you want and who you want to be and how you want to show up regardless of how anyone else is acting. This is such powerful work. And then this other thought of just not forcing anything, not forcing any human in your life to be who you need them to be, not forcing God and dragging him along like I've been doing lately on a certain subject and just being still and knowing that anxiety and stress and fear come from the wrong source and calm and peace and being still and waiting on the Lord and his timetable and being ready and obedient when you do are able to get information that you need or help that you need is the best. So seek and expect miracles. We know that miracles come if we have faith, if we don't have faith, if we cannot expect miracles. And that's what we want. We want to expect miracles for ourselves and for our spouses, for our kids, for everyone that we love. We want it. And I think miracles are being able to change your heart and soften your heart around things that have been so difficult and so hard. That is a miracle. It's been a miracle to me. And I know that it's possible for everyone. So with Christ, everything is possible. All the softening of the heart and the changing and having charity instead of the the other feelings that we don't want to have is all possible. And we can do it through Christ. All right, guys, hope this helped and we will see you next week.